Hello and welcome to another episode of the Broken to Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Tressa. And I know that I said that I would be back with you guys next month and it would just be me, but I decided to change my mind about that. So instead of having a blog this month, it's a podcast. So I have here with me Miss Susan Stokes. Hi. And this is going to be an interesting podcast. I do not have a, pod, a blog that is linked to this, but we are going to talk about finding your passion. And you will discover during this podcast why I asked Susan to be a part. So Susan is a self-taught sewist and crafter. She enjoys creating things with her imagination and her hands that match her uniquely quirky style. She spends most of her crafting hours creating custom-made casual garments for herself, earning her the nickname The Selfish Sewist. She is also an educator, a wife, and a mother. Thank you so much for being a part of this, Susan. So I was sitting in church one day, and I just happened to be watching you. <laughs> and I was like, she really does love what she does. And I know that I heard the story before about how you kind of got into sewing. And I remember it being very similar to how I got into podcasting and blogging. So I wanted you to share how you started sewing. Okay. Um, I started sewing um, originally because I wanted to make mommy and me outfits for my daughter. Um, they're hindsight. <laughs> um, it's a totally impossible task for a beginner sewist, but like I had this idea of us um, in like gone with the wind type of like dresses, like big dresses. Okay. Um, and I approached someone whose mother sewed and they made the connection and the mom was like, no, that's not happening. <laughs> um, and she volunteered to show me how to sew a simpler dress. Mm -hmm. um, it ended up being just too much and I just paid her to make the matching dresses. <laughs> Like, I can't do this. Um, but I came back to sewing, um, and I decided that I was going to teach myself how to sew. And I uh, started off with a, just a simple skirt, and I did it, and it came out okay. Um, but I kind of put it to the side. My sewing machine went in the closet, didn't come back out. Um, and so when um, this is all kind of happening around about the time that I started uh, my teaching career, which I started late in life. Um, anyway, but uh, I entered my first year of teaching, was still kind of tinkering with some machine, and maybe made like one or two things that came out okay. They weren't awesome, um, <laughs> but I wore them. But you know, it wasn't it wasn't like a thing that I did. It was just a thing I kind of played with. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of my first year of teaching, I was not asked to return. So technically, I was fired. Um, really hard blow to me. Teaching is all I ever wanted to do. And for someone to fire you basically says you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. um, so over that summer, I kind of got back into sewing, um, just still playing around with it. And over the next few months, like I really just started sewing. And it was the one thing um, that I could do because I was interview interviewing for jobs and I kept coming up against brick walls. Somebody wanted to hire me. I got them fired. Didn't have enough experience. Um, 
wasn't getting um, good evaluations from my former principal. So like I, I just couldn't find a job. Like no mm-hmm. doors were opening. But when I went to sew, I could set out at a task I could complete, I could accomplish it. It was okay. Uh, it was mm-hmm. something that was within my control. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really found that to be, sewing so became my safe space, my um, my haven. It became, um, it became, it became my thing. It became the mm-hmm. thing that I did to find peace, to mm-hmm. kind of shut out the noise of the world, to um, put happy thoughts in, into myself, to uh, refill what was being taken every time I went out and faced rejection because mm-hmm. I only found acceptance and self-love there at my soul industry. Wow. That is very interesting. And it, it it is a true testament of how sometimes in moments of that we have our greatest disappointments mm-hmm. because a lot of people probably know that when I was laid off, that was when I discovered that I needed to do the podcast and the blog and writing was something that I always kind of did, but I didn't really, you know, put much thought into it. But it was during that time that God placed it into my heart to do it Mm -hmm. as I do it now. And so sometimes that's where you find it. That's where you find what it is that you've you've been meant to do, that you've been created to do, or something that is just lying dormant Mm -hmm. in your life. Um, Years ago, I used to do decorations for like bridal showers, weddings, things like that. I kind of found that I had a desire to do that when I was just throwing a party for my mom and my aunt for their birthday. Mm -hmm. It was a surprise birthday party. I was throwing it for them and I got really into it. And I did all of the decorations and things by myself. And I, I surprised myself and it became something where my creativity was just able to go wild. And sometimes that is a very safe place for you. And we all need to have that yeah. that place. Yeah. We we all need to because, like you said, one of the things that you said was about control. And there's so much in this world that we can't control. We can't control relationships. We can't control our children sometimes. <laughs> we can't control things that happen at our job. But if we have something that we can put our hands to, that we can control, that makes our that makes our heart sparkle, then that thing can be what we go to when, like you said, everything else is taking away from you. That particular thing is refilling you. So that was so good. So how did you kind of realize that like, yes, this is what I like to do. This is my thing. This is what I want to invest my time into. Um, I, well, Anybody, everybody, I think everybody can do it getting compliments. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of a person who likes to, oh, I always second guess my abilities. Like, mm-hmm. am I really this? I think I am. Um, when other people started commenting on the things that I made, because um, my mom was like, oh, she made that. Like, <laughs> I can remember um, making a skirt um, and I went to um, my cousin's graduation and my aunt. Like she lifted it up and checked out. She's like checking the scenes yeah. and, and she's like, oh, this is really good. And um, you know, when I started getting that type of reaction from people, I was like, so yeah, this I'm doing okay. You know, <laughs> well, other people say I'm doing okay, I'm doing okay. And 
that felt really good. Um, then, you know, I started uh, like really wearing the clothes. Like a lot of it I would just kind of wear around the house. But like when I started like really wearing the clothes, like I would get up and get dressed in the morning and put on the dress that I made mm-hmm. and I would wear it out of the house or, you know, make a dress for a special occasion and I would wear it out of the house mm-hmm. and people would compliment it. Um, you know, these off the wall prints and patterns that I chose that matched my personality, I was able to take me and put it in a garment and then the combination of my personality and the print or the style of the garment would just be phenomenal and people mm-hmm. would be like oh that looks nice i can never wear that but you're really wearing that right and then they'd be like where did you get it oh i made it and mm-hmm. so the fact that now not only are they saying it looks good because they know i made it now mm-hmm. they think i didn't make it and they say i'm like oh gosh you know so like it just when and it felt good to mm-hmm be able to make myself not only look good, mm-hmm. but feel good. Yeah. And so much of how we feel is tied into how we look. And just being able to take, you know, my preferences. I got a funky body type, you know, like everything. Out <laughs> of the store does not fit me. Mm-hmm. And so being able to say, okay, well, you know, I'm this size on top and this size on the bottom. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make these adjustments and mm-hmm. take. And now this whole garment can fit just my body and it's in just the right color to match you know my mood my personality my skin tone like all of that like when i realized i was able to do that like this is it and it wasn't like an one i think it was like a really slow process and mm-hmm. even even like after like years after you know i was sewing i was wearing clothes like getting heavy into it and committing to like i'm not buying any more clothes at the store i'm mm-hmm. just going to wear my stuff that was like when I realized when I that this this is me like this mm-hmm. is, this is really my thing I'm a hundred percent in yeah that is me and y'all she has it is May and she does me made May <laughs> so that means that everything that she wears in May she made and I think that is really neat there is really something to that when you can create something. And one of the things that I do love about myself is my creativity and the fact that it comes out in so many different ways. So it'll come out now, I can't make my clothes. Y'all don't want me to do nothing. I can sew a button on and that's about it. That's I can get by. But one of the ways that my creativity comes out is in what I wear how I put Mm -hmm. things together, how I throw colors together. And some people are like, I would, I never would have been able to do that. But it's a part of that creativity and having that eye. And it comes out in so many different arenas, even in like my baking, or I'll look at a recipe and I'll be like, Mm -mm, it don't need that or I'm not going to use this from their recipe I'm going to try this or I'm going to use this spice instead of that one because I think that it'll still work so it's just different things that help your creativity come out and one of the things that I love is being able to give someone something that I made that that makes me so happy when I can say I'm coming to an event and I'm making something and y'all I'm really, this is probably not the best thing, but I do it. 
I will make something that I never made before and take it to somebody because I'm that <laughs> confident, you know, that that it's 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 gonna be good. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make sure that it's good. And I'm they be like, oh, this is so good. I'm like, oh, I have never made that before, but I'm glad that you like it. So I will definitely do that. And and it does, it gives you a confidence that you have. You're like, I may not be confident in this area, but in this area, when it comes to cooking and it comes to baking, I'm pretty confident. And so you find so many different things in your creativity and being able to give someone something, bake someone a cake for their birthday or, you know, make someone a wreath for their housewarming or, you know, make someone a dress for, you know, their birthday or an event that they're going to. And that when that goes out, it's a representation of who you are. And so it says a lot about you. And so I think that that is amazing. Yeah. So how do you think it's helped you? Oh, um, definitely finding a space that's my own. For somebody who, um, like I said earlier, does not necessarily think the highest of my capabilities all the time. Mm -hmm. Finding a space where I excel and it's no help from anybody else. Um, this is just me. And this is my area where I am doing well on my own. I can stand on my own two feet. That has done wonders mm -hmm. for my self-esteem, like my confidence through the roof. Like you can't tell me that I cannot because I Listen. have Like I, I, I can do it. Tell them. <laughs> I can tell do it. Them. And I know it, it, it drives my husband insane. He's my therapist <laughs> at me side-eyed when I told her the Friday before Easter, and mm -hmm. I had two dresses and two shirts to sell for Easter Sunday. And she was like, what? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get it done. I'm going to get it done. But and even though it's very poor time management, um, <laughs> the, the, the fact that I pulled it off, mm -hmm. like, you couldn't tell me nothing. Right. Like, I did that. I did it. I did it well. Now, my dress had some little mistakes in it. And, you know, I've learned that nobody else is going to see that mm -hmm. but me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but his, my husband's shirt, my son's shirt, my daughter's dress, perfect. You know, and I did that. Mm -hmm. I, I did that. Not to joke, y'all crazy watching me do it, but I did that. <laughs> you can't tell me I can't do it. And the sense of accomplishment, I promise you, when I finish a job, I feel like superwoman. Like, I feel like I did that. Like, and you, that high does not just last me, you know, the 30 minutes of adrenaline rush after it's done. Every time I put on that garment, every right. time I see my daughter wear her dress, every time my husband goes to the closet and pulls out that shirt, I feel good. Yeah. Like it there's it is indescribable the amount of just joy that comes from seeing that. Mm -hmm. Um, because I did that. And you can't nobody can take it away. Right. You could put that shirt in the trash, you could cut it up in tiny little pieces. <laughs> but you know what? I did that. Exactly. I did that. So, you know, I I have to say that's probably the biggest thing I gained from it is just that sense of of self of self worth self confidence. Mm -hmm. um, it's mine. I did that. That is amazing, and and that's something that we all need. We can get so consumed with everything else that we have going on. So it's so important to have something that you can go to and that you can feel a sense of pride about. Mm -hmm. Um, some people feel that way with the work that they do at their job. Some people feel that way with how they parent. Some people feel that way with 
you know, how they, how great of a wife or a husband that they are, but it is nothing like having that one thing that you're like, I do this. Yes. I do this. I am Mm -hmm. Moroccan. I might be failing in a whole bunch of other areas, (laughs) but I do this. And so it's, it gives you that confidence. It gives you something solid to stand on. Um, And to know that if nothing else accepts you or embraces Mm -hmm. you, that space does. Yes. No matter what else is going wrong, that space does. And that's kind of how I feel about journaling. When I feel a way about something, that's the space that I go to. Um, I can't always talk to everybody about my thoughts and my feelings. People are not going to always understand my thoughts and my feelings. My paper is not going to judge me. I don't have to be grammatically correct when I'm journaling. Now, of course, when I'm blogging, I have to be because y'all ain't going to be out here talking about me in these streets. But when I get to write and when I get to journal, and, and my thing with journaling is I journal and I close the book. I don't even, I go back and read it a day later or maybe the next day because I just want to let it sit there. And whenever I get back to it, then I can I can assess, like, am I still feeling this way? Is this still an issue for me? And then I can go from there. And so that's the space where I can go and I know that I'm okay. And when sometimes when I'm upset or when I don't feel so great, cooking, I'll cook me a, a meal. I'll find a recipe that... I want to try and I'll do it. And I feel fulfilled. Not only do I have that recipe that I tried, if it's baking, then I got to give it out. So that means that other people are blessed as, as a, as a byproduct of me feeling like I need to have some type of release or me going into that safe space. And so when I was laid off, I had a cousin that, you know, had some health issues and what I started doing for him is just cooking. I would cook something and I would call it his weekly treat and I would cook something. Sometimes I would bake something and I would either take it to him or if I couldn't get it to him that week for some reason, I would send it to him by someone else. That was my space during that time. I ain't going without no meals. (laughs) I cooked and not only did I cook but I shared so um, what you do and what you create in your space not only are you blessed by it but other people can be blessed by it too even if it's something that doesn't produce a product other people are blessed by it because of that confidence that you Mm -hmm. have in that area and it exudes not only in that one area it it can't stay there It, it does blossom out into other areas of your life. So it's very important. You can be a more effective worker. You can be a more effective coworker, more effective boss, more effective wife, child, sister, brother, cousin. It doesn't matter, but you're more effective because you have that confidence and you have your thing. And even if relationships or whatever isn't going right, you still have that place that you can go. 
even if they're going right, <laughs> you still have that place that you can go. And so I, I appreciate that so much. What have you learned through the process of doing what you do? You said it was a process of how, you know, you started. Yeah. Um, I think sewing as a whole, and maybe this is with any craft, but, but sewing as a whole um, has taught me um, patience. <laughs> um, it's taught me how to write the vision and make it plain, because you got to have a plan. Mm. Um, whether you are picking up, even if you pick up a pattern and say, I'm going to make this, you still have to decide, you know, what color, what print, what, you know, do you want it long, do you want it short, like, you, there's still decisions, so you still have to have a vision. You can't just walk into a blind and say, mm -hmm. whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen. Um, it's, all, it's also taught me how to correct in the moment and, like, not be derailed by mishaps. Mm. Because sometimes, you know, I'm just stitching away, and then I realize, you know, I didn't, I didn't stitch it the wrong way. And you, I have to go back and take out all those stitches and start over. It doesn't mean that my work is any less valuable doesn't mean that I'm any less valuable. I just have to go back and do it again. So not being derailed by hiccups um, is is something I've learned. Like, just not totally spazzing, because there was a time where I just put it out the window. But like, <laughs> this is not working. Right. And, but, and I think um, the biggest thing that it's taught me um, is that it's okay to quit. Because sometimes, this is, I, I, I made a garment last week push through. I'm like, I'm going to finish this. Whole time I'm sewing, I'm like, this ain't for me. This this, this is not, it's not my style. It's not going to look good on me. The, I kept making mistakes. I was like, you don't know why I'm keeping up. And I'm just going to push through. And in the end, when I finished it, I didn't finish, finish it. I finished it enough to try it on. I was like, this ain't for me. And I threw it away. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for nobody else. I wasn't going to keep it. <laughs> But then I guess, you know, just to show me that it wasn't for nobody else, my husband mm -hmm. accidentally splashed and bleached oh, it when he oh, was cleaning. Accidentally. <laughs> accidentally. Just, it was an accident. Um, so I, I was like, well, I guess it ain't for nobody because not nobody right. Um, But it was okay. Like, I'm not upset. It wasn't time wasted because it was time well spent. I was in my space doing my thing. And even if it didn't come out the way that I wanted it to, I was still learning something, whether it was about myself or about the process of sewing. Um, I was still learning. I was still happy. I was still okay. And it's okay for it not to work out at the end. Like, that's okay. Like, being okay with it not being okay, that's a whole other okayness. Oh, <laughs> oh. That, you said a whole mouthful. And as, I, as you were talking, I was thinking that applies to life. Mm -hmm. we can learn that we can correct mishaps in the moment. It's okay for it to not be okay sometimes. And sometimes it is okay to quit. It is. It sometimes is. it is okay to quit. And we have to know when, okay, this is enough. Yeah. yeah. This is enough. Because I should have stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I should have I, I got as far as I got. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is totally, and honestly, there, I am, I am the type of person, my daughter, she looks at me like, why? <laughs> if I make something and it don't fit right, I'm not going back and fixing it. 
Like that, I mean that that that's personal to me. Mm-hmm. Like I have that garment has served its purpose. Mm-hmm. Whatever moment I was going through, whatever idea I had, um, I it's gone. I've exhausted it. It has served its purpose. Wow. Um, whether I wear it or not, and some a lot of times I do wear things that don't fit. Um, I find a way to wear it if I like it. Listen, but going back, <laughs> taking it apart, fixing what's wrong, it's not gonna happen. Um, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And like being okay, it's still being okay with not being okay. Like it, whatever I've done is good enough. It's good enough for me. It ain't gotta be good enough for nobody else. Now if I'm making something for somebody, that's different. Right. But as far as making it for me, for my peace, for my purpose, for just my quiet time, it did that. I did it. I sold it. It came out how it came out, and I'm okay. So, you know. Yeah. I I like it. I like it. That's good stuff. So how important do you think it is for one to find their passion? I, I think it is of the utmost importance. Um and I feel like you can be passionate about more than one thing. Oh yeah. Um because you get me talking about teaching. And literacy, like I can sell that soapbox for hours. <laughs> um, but in the same thing, you're talking about sewing um, and crafting, I can sell that soapbox for hours. But I really, I think that, um, and I know the difference between sewing and teaching for me is sewing is solo. Um, even though I'm solo in my classroom, I don't teach by myself. Mm-hmm. I, I have a solid team that helps me, and I have people. You know, supporting me and throughout the school and the mm-hmm. home. And, so I'm not doing that by myself. But sewing is just me. It's just me. Mm-hmm. And for me, a lot of my personal identity was tangled up in other people mm-hmm. until I found the thing that was just me. Like, I can't look at my husband and say, you know, we do this together. This always comes out well. So we... No, this is me. You know, I can't say, oh, I'm a good mom. A kid came, came out so well behaved. No, this is me. Because, you know, you can do what you do with your kids and they still come out. So this is just, <laughs> <laughs> this is just me. Like, when I look at what I do, it's just me. And, you know, when I am sewing, I'm not usually not by myself. My kids... My space is their space. They come right. in, they sit, they watch TV with me. A will tell me to move out of the way <laughs> so he can sew. Um, I'm not by myself, you know, carrying on conversations and whatnot. But what I'm doing, it's it's just me. They're they're not. Nobody else's hand is on that work. It's just me. So I that has given me such a sense of identity. Um, back to self worth, self confidence. Like this is. This is me, and if the world falls apart around me, this is still me. Like nothing's ever gonna change the fact that this is this is me. So, um, yeah, you people, you need to find you. <laughs> you need to find you. You need to find you in isolation. You separate from your husband, your boyfriend, your kids, your mom, your daddy. You need to find you. You need to find that thing that makes you uniquely you, and do it. And in doing it, you kind of fall in love with yourself 
which you should have already done in the first place. But if you haven't found it yet, find it because like I love me so much more now that I know who I am. And this is part of me getting to know me. Now, do I know all of who I am? I'm right. still learning. Yeah. But this is a huge part of who I am. And I'm okay with it. It explains so much of who I was before. Mm-hmm. Like, I've always been crafty. I've always enjoyed creating things with my hands. I've always, you know, tried this and that and this, but it came to total fruition in sewing. So, all those little seeds that were planted along the way, mm-hmm. like, this is where, this is where they, they grew. This is how they became. And this is me. And, like, I don't know, you can't knock me down. Like, I, th- I'm okay because mm-hmm. this is. I appreciate that identity. That is definitely something that happens when you have your passion. Mm -hmm. So many times I think that we place our identity in so many other things. Children, husbands, boyfriends, girlfriends, wives, all these different things, parents, um, being a caregiver. You know, we place our identity in so many different things. And we get lost in, we can get lost in those things. And then when those things are not there anymore, what do you have? And I am not married, but I don't want to be stuck up on the homeboy all the time. Mm -hmm. I want you to have your thing because that's healthy Mm -hmm. and I'm going to have my thing. We don't always have to do things together. We can be separate. Yeah. It doesn't diminish our relationship. It doesn't make me love you any less. It should make us love each other more because we can have that time where we separate and then we can come back together and be like, babe, look what I did. You know, it's priceless. So I just, I just feel like it is so important for you to be able to find your identity outside of all of those other entities they may tie into it like you said they may tie into it in some way like you said you know making things for your daughter or you know your son coming up to you know help you to sew it they may tie into it you don't have to keep them completely out but it's always good to have that safe place that place that you can go to something that you can put your hands to um that can make you feel alive um, when you feel drained or a lot of people suffer with the, you know, with depression or anxiety, something that you can help, that can help you to calm yourself mm-hmm. in a world where everything else is so chaotic. Um, if you suffer, you know, with depression, something that you can be proactive when you feel it coming on, you can be like, okay, well, I so let me let me go do this. And you never know. It can turn into a hustle. Yeah. Yeah. It can literally turn into a hustle. And that is that is one of the things that I love about God. He is so intentional. He places these gifts, these talents, these things inside of us. And sometimes we allow them to lie dormant. And we're like, the, the story about the three the three men with the talents yes. and he gave them the talents and one of them, he only got one and he, he buried it. What are you going to do 
we were placed on this earth to multiply, be fruitful and multiply. And I always say this, that he was not talking about kids, <laughs> not just talking about kids. We were placed on this earth to multiply the things that he's already placed inside of us from before we were born. Um, those things can turn into, into businesses. Um, I've, I know I probably got a lot of things that I could do that could do it. But sometimes it can be like me and, and like you, you call yourself the selfish sewist. You just want to do them for yourself. Yeah. I There are some things I just want to know how to do it for myself and only for the people that are in a small circle. Mm-hmm. I get mad when people start telling other people that I can bake. They're like, why are you? Because then now they want me to, then now I got orders. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so... I, I I do feel like the identity part is so important, but it also helps us to find our identity in God as well. And when you find that thing and you find your identity in God, that does give you this strong God confidence. Mm-hmm. You know he gave this to you. Yeah. And sometimes it becomes a charge for you and you're like, he gave it to me. He's strengthened me to do it. He's helping me to enhance it. I got to share this with the world. And that's when it becomes an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so I I feel like it's so important for us to be able to find our passion because sometimes when we find our passion, we also find our purpose. Yes. Yes. And that should be something we all all strive (laughs) to get to. And I'm kind of sitting here on this precipice of mm-hmm. um, small business life. Like mm-hmm. I have, you know, gotten my business license, I'm taking orders on sewing, and I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't really want to take orders, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna take orders because I'm trying <laughs> to build this business. But I, I am doing my first sewing class next Saturday, and I'm mm-hmm. so excited yeah. because my other passion is teaching. And so I'm kind of in the back of my mind, coming more to the forefront, I'm like, what would my life look like if all I did all day long was teach sewing? Like, how awesome would that be to take two things that I am so passionate about mm. and merge them? I know I can't teach sewing all day long. But still, <laughs> like, what if I had, just like if I had a studio and like I just had lessons set up and like, other crafters had come into the studio and do their lessons and people, it would just be this crafty learning environment. Like, so my mind is like just spinning on the possibilities and it's like a little piece of heaven in my brain, just mm-hmm. thinking about how awesome that would be. But that's, that's the space that I'm in mentally because I have opened that door and allowed myself to walk fully in, in this passion. In this right. It's like, this is what, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So my only question is, what next, guy? Like, where next? Right. What, what do you want me to do? What door do you going to open? How do I need to prepare myself? You know, um, what next? Because you have blessed me to go this far. Yeah. You have opened so many doors. You know, you have given me wisdom in so many areas as it relates to this thing that you have, this gift you've given me. Mm-hmm. Um, what next? Because I, you, you're not going to let me sit on it. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you want me to go with the next? Yeah, because he will make you uncomfortable. Oh, yes. 
if it's something that you know that you're supposed to do, he will make you uncomfortable. And one of the things about me, I hate ambiguity. <laughs> I am one of those people where I need to know everything, like before I do it. I don't want to do nothing. And, and I want to know why. Mm-hmm. I need to know why I'm doing what I'm doing before I do it. Yeah. It will help me better. It will help you better if you tell me why I'm doing it. <laughs> because if not, I might have a little bit of attitude. And I'm I'm gonna be a little begrudgingly. You know, I'm gonna do it begrudgingly. So I it, it's hard to to do that. And that's one of those you have to walk by faith and not by sight. Ooh, that's a hard walk. Absolutely. Absolutely, because you don't know what's gonna happen. And one of my things that I often ask myself, and I guess I'm asking myself and God, how much is this going to cost? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How much, what is it going to cost me to do what you want? And me not to just do? money. Right. And, and it's never money. See, yeah. It's never money. It's other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What am I going to have to give up? Right. What, what am I going to have to do to make this? Yeah, Mm -hmm. how how much for me, like, it's how much of my time. Because Mm -hmm. we had a conversation in marriage counseling, because my husband is like, fully do it, do it, Mm -hmm. do it, whatever needs to be done. I'm like, I'm not willing to sacrifice the time Mm -hmm. needed to run a small business, like, full time. Mm-hmm. Like you're talking about me not being able to spend time with my kids like I want to, mm-hmm. not being able to spend time myself like I want to. <laughs> <laughs> like you, I, the time, like the, the the time, right? And so yeah, what what is it going to cost me? Mm-hmm. And then my question is like, how much failing I got to do before I win? Like because yes. you know, a lot of times, most of the time, stuff just don't just jump off and you just right. immediately successful. There's mm-hmm. going to be that period where you're still. I don't want to fail. Right. Failure is hard for me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, as much as I say making mistakes, you know, it's okay to be, but not to be okay. It's there's still a period of acceptance with the fact that this is not okay. Yeah. And depending on how much I've invested, that period might last a long time. Before That's I'm true. Like, it's okay that it's not okay. Yeah. We're not talking about me sewing a t-shirt up wrong. We're talking about <laughs> me launching a right. business and it not being successful. Right. So. Yeah, what is it gonna cost? That's that's a that's a question, y'all. But also ask yourself, what is it going to cost you if you don't find yeah. that identity? Mm-hmm. What is it gonna cost you if you don't find your passion? Mm-hmm. Um, what is it gonna cost you if you don't discover who you were truly meant to be? Mm-hmm. And I think that costs more. It does. It does because you'll be. If you're me, you'll be constantly looking for you in other people. Wow. See, I was the person who was looking for the puzzle piece that made me whole, not realizing that I was a whole hole on my own. Like, Say that. Just looking for the puzzle piece that made me whole when I was a whole hole on my own. That like, part right there. You know, it, that, like, and that's the way I approach everything. Like, what can I add to me to make me better? Not that I'm good enough on my own. So yeah, what is it gonna cost me walking around cripple, crippling myself because I can't see that I'm I'm whole. So yeah, I, I can't go back. What is it gonna cost if you don't take anything else from this podcast? What is it gonna cost you if you don't 
go through the process. And sometimes it's a grueling process. It's a, it's a trial and error. And one of the things that I got a newsletter from um, a person who does blogs the other day, she sends them out sporadically. And one of the things that I, I meant to do it last night, but I didn't, um, she wrote a list of things that spark joy in her life. And I'm definitely going to do it this week, but I've already begin, began to think of those things that spark joy. Um, like I said yesterday, I went to go see my little baby. She sparks joy. Um, earlier before I went to go see her, my cousin did a video call with me with my other baby saying that she was calling my name and I wasn't <laughs> there. That sparks joy. You know, the, the other children, my nieces, my nephews and stuff like that, they spark joy. So different things, children in general spark joy in my heart um but noticing different things that spark joy into your life can sometimes lead you to what it is that's your passion one of the things that i heard this morning actually from dr darius daniels i love that man he talks about um he, he's always talking about purpose and he talks about how um Sometimes us finding, we find our purpose in something that agitates us. Mm -hmm. So he said, you can walk into a room and we can walk into the same room and there's something and you're like, this bothers me so bad. And I'm sitting there like, well, what's the problem? I don't see nothing wrong with it, but it bothers you. And that could be something that you were created to fix. That could be a problem that you were created to solve. Um, there are some people that, you know, can't stand to see certain things you know that happen in the world that could be a problem that you were created to solve whereas to me it it, it bothers me but it doesn't burden me to the point where i'm like i need to do something about it or i need to see a resolution in this area so it's it's very important to find those things that spark joy but also figure out those things that agitate you because those are the things that could push you into where you need to be. So be intentional about all of those things. So the last thing is what advice would you give to someone that hasn't discovered their passion yet? I think what you just said, like be pay attention to, you know, those things that you're drawn to, those things that agitate you, um, those things that sometimes even just come natural to you that you just don't even pay attention to mm -hmm. the fact that you do this well. Um, lean in mm -hmm. and don't be afraid to, I mean, like experiment, figure out what it is. Like I, I tried um, knitting, I tried um, hand stitching, I tried drawing, I, like I tried a bunch of different things before. I And I tried sewing before I found sewing. So lean in, don't be afraid to take that leap and try something different but keep going until you find it. It's, there's something for everyone. Everyone has a thing, um, and it might not be what you expected it because I, I tell you, my mama told me to take home back when I was in middle school, and I was like, I would never be a domesticated woman. I ain't doing nothing. I ain't sewing, I ain't cooking nothing, but look at me, I, I'm so Right, <laughs> I'm so exactly. But I mean, the thing is that that's, that's not what I would have said that I'd be doing now, mm -hmm. but it's where I am meant to be. So lean in, go in the direction that you feel the pull. 
Mm-hmm. And you feel the agitation, you know, and, and and work at it until you find. But you got to, you got to find that thing that's just uniquely yours that was designed for you. That is great. That that was amazing, and I can definitely appreciate that because there are still so many things like within me that it's like I know it's there but it's like I don't don't even want to tap into it um there are things that I'm doing but I may not be doing it to the fullest potential because what is it going to cost at least I'm doing part of it you know what I'm saying that's that's how we kind of bargain with God you know at least I'm doing something you know you got others out here they ain't even using their talent you know um but the cost of things um we have to get over how much is it going to cost and think about how much it'll cost you if you don't um that would be my advice what is it going to cost you if you don't and are you willing to keep investing in all these other people and things and and then you're depleted i i don't want to leave here full of all the possibilities exactly i want to be empty mm-hmm. um i want to i want to have used what God has given me to the best of my ability. Now, am I always going to be successful? Am I always going to be willing? No, but maybe one day I'll get to that space. And I'm honest about that. Um, Because like, like we said earlier, the price that we have to pay for certain things, certain giftings come with a cost. Um, Certain anointings come with a cost. And you have to realize like, pastor was saying in church the other week sometimes we'd be like i just want to be regular like can i be regular because regular people don't have to pay the cost Mm -hmm. that other people have to pay um and so it's it's hard it's a power struggle um that we have to have with god sometimes it's like i don't i don't wanna like just (laughs) let me just can i just be a good church person that's all i want to do that's all I ever wanted to do. Just be a good church person. <laughs> just come to church, participate, pay my tithes, and go home. <laughs> I don't want to. And so, uh, you know, I promise I'll be the best one I could be if you just, you know. So, but that's not always what he's called us to do. And we have to realize that every joint supplies. And so, although I may not... Um, be the pastor don't want to be uh, I'm okay being the usher mm-hmm. I'm okay um, singing on the praise and worship team I'm okay cleaning up you know I'm okay on the on the committee that serves you know you have to find your place but if we don't discover that gift and that passion then we don't really know what it is that we can add to a place we don't know what we can add to our church. We don't know what we can add to our work environment. We don't know what we can add to a relationship. We don't know how we can enhance our children or the other people that are in our lives. So if we don't do that, we're not only doing ourselves a disservice, but we're doing others a disservice yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. That was good. Was. That was from the Lord. 
I thank you so much, Susan, for being a part of this and for speaking to people about passion. Um, it's, it's so important to find your passion and sometimes that can lead you to your purpose. So I pray that you guys got some really good nuggets and gems out of this. I pray that it was helpful because it was definitely something that I believe that God placed on my heart to be able to share. And he placed me in the right position to be able to see her and to, to, to think, I think, I think that can be used. And that is something, like I just said, she was just minding her business in church <laughs> and God allowed me to see something deeper um, than that. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for you for helping me to articulate this subject. And I just pray that you guys are able to find the things that spark joy, find the things that agitate you and are ultimately able to be able to find your passion. I pray that you have an amazing month and I will talk to you next month. Bye.